Hello and welcome back to The Streaming Heap, your premier podcast for deep dive into sci-fi and fantasy shows. My name is Lynn. I'm your host. I have here with me my co-host, Eric McGill. That's me. I am the unapologetic geek. Dear listeners, there are many podcasts that tackle sci-fi shows. There are probably also a few podcasts that's talking about peripheral right now, but there is only one podcast in which the host cannot say the name of the show they're covering. <laughs> Eric, keeps us I, unique. Just, <laughs> I just listened back to last episode, and every time I said peripheral, I said it <laughs> slightly differently. At, at one point, I just went peripheral, which is not even remotely close to a word. <laughs> It's almost like something a dog would say when he's really sad. <laughs> uh, this is like um, that better to come of uh, documentary <laughs> in which he can't say penguins. <laughs> Except, of course, I'm way less <laughs> talented. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just a guy who can't say words. <laughs> So bear with me. I swear our content is good, even if we can't read. Well, I say we. I can't say the name <laughs> of the show. <laughs> um, so as always, we're going to um, talk a little bit about um, what's happening, news, trailers, what we've been watching. And then we'll get into episode three of Furrful. It's kind of like how, uh, what's her name, Kat Dennings pronounces uh, Mjolnir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so what have you been watching, Eric? Honestly, not a whole lot. Um, I watched the Great British Baking Show when I was at the dentist because they had Netflix, which is weird. I didn't know yeah. that that was an option. Um, but it was just like a list it's of what... the Great British Bake Off. Okay. <laughs> well, wherever you are, it's called different things. But here in the states, it's called the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, it's called Baking Show? It like, really is. It? Yes, they changed it for the States. I don't know why, because, you know, we're too stupid what to even you? understand what a philosopher's stone is. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stand behind them changing the philosopher's stone to sorcerer's stone for Americans. I, <laughs> it, might not, it might not have sold as much if they set philosopher's stone. I don't want to read about no philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like... It's a good show to watch when you're drugged out on a whole bunch of Novocaine and half your face is numb and you can barely see the screen. You know, whatever. <laughs> Wait, who were uh, who were the um, hosts and judges when you watched it? Was it Noel Fielding? Yeah, Noel was definitely there. And the other guy, the the bald guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, oh, yeah, the guy from Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and it was like the holiday specials. Like, I watched two of them because I was there for two hours. Um, yeah, that, but that's it. That's all I got. And I don't even remember who won. I don't even remember who was competing. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> All I know is they talk about soggy bottoms a lot. Yes, they do like to talk about their soggy bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, on the game show front, I've been also been watching some British game shows. I've been watching a lot of Taskmaster, which Ooh, I love. There you go. Um, I watched through the entire season with Dara O'Brien uh, recently because uh, I love Dara O'Brien and I like the host and the co-host for Taskmaster as well. You know, they're making Australian versions and New Zealand versions now. Apparently they're good as well, but I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it without the two hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I kind of know. like they did a, a United States version of Top Gear and it was just it's terrible. 
it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I also hate normal Top Gear, but that's because I'm not a car guy and I hate those guys. <laughs> I, I like I understand that it's a good show for car people. Um, they're still jerks though. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of their charm. <laughs> <laughs> On the show, maybe. But you know, one of them punched a uh, punched his boss. Yeah. <laughs> well, and an intern. Uh, and an for, intern. He's uh, <laughs> just going around punching, just punching people. people, getting drunk. You know, <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) and he recently got into trouble again i think very recently like last month for writing some awful shit um (laughs) about wanting ah someone to die and then he was like he's kidding like it was like a child as well like it was somebody really young (laughs) like (laughs) like like, he's like oh i hate certain people's on tv but like certain people i just want to die i want them to die And then they were like, and then he's he's like, it's a Game of Thrones joke or something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, moving on off top here. Uh, I also watched The Bear. Uh, have you heard about this show? I don't even know what that is. Nope. So uh, fresh off the high of the menu, I wanted to watch other shows about uh, people cooking. (laughs) (laughs) So I watched The Bear, which is um, about a restaurant in Chicago. Um, Like um, it starts with uh, the previous owner of the restaurant, like having committed suicide. So the brother inherit the um, restaurant. Restaurant, right. yeah, kind of like a like a greasy hole in the wall, uh, hole in the wall kind of like a um, you know dumpy Chicago diner vibe. Uh, and but the guy, the brother who uh, inherited, he he used to be like a, a world famous chef in like like world's best reviewed restaurant. Like he was a very well known restaurant, but he he come back and he take care of it and. Um, we learn about their history, you know, um, the relationship between his him and his brother, the, the the one that committed suicide, the relationship between him and his sister, and the restaurant is, of course, as always, packed with like gaggle of characters that are right. just. Uh, but it's it, if you want to feel the vibe of this show, it is the same vibe as. Uh, uncut gems in that it is like every episode is like a half an hour heart attack like everybody's <laughs> yelling and like everything's going to hell and like you feel that the like the stress of the kitchen that they're trying to convey they do such a great job at it and uh, one night I watched like four episodes in a row and afterwards like man I can't sleep like <laughs> I just like I felt I feel like I just run a lap around the neighborhood. <laughs> so it's a really good show in that, like, it's communicate um, the the stress of being a chef. Why like, you do not want to a, be a chef? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the stress of being a perfectionist, and um, and but it's not a good show to like sit back and relax. It doesn't um, have the happy go lucky vibes of like Chef. <laughs> it. Some of the characters have that happy-go-lucky thing, but they're idiots. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> and like one character is also like, I'm like, if I know, if I know this guy in real life, I think I'd be in jail because <laughs> I would attempt <laughs> to kill him. <laughs> like the show is very good at like making him three-dimensional, and as the show goes on, you understand um, why he's the way he is, and you understand um, he is actually a good guy deep down and he's just kind of like that 
awful st- um, Ch- Chicago thug vibe. Right. But he did win me over in episode one when they have like a line of nerds dressed up and waiting for like a, um, what do you call it? Arcade machine tournament that they're holding to boost their sale. And then the outside, they're just being rowdy because the thing isn't open yet. And they're just right. like banging on the uh, <laughs> glass and the chef trying to come out and stop them. But like, they just like beating up the chef. So <laughs> this guy I hate come out with the gun, start firing in the air <laughs> and yell, okay, which one of you motherfucker in cell <laughs> um, neo-Nazi Snyder cut motherfucker fuckers want to try that again <laughs> and I'm like, man after your own heart <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this, i like this guy <laughs> and you know what it was a it was a bunch of nerds in the line and he probably isn't too far off. <laughs> right <laughs> um but it's real good i finished it um oh and one thing i wanted to say is the show is called The Bear, and one of the podcasts we listen to, Eric, um, <laughs> the Weekly Planet, has briefly talked about this show, but they said there was a bear in the kitchen. <laughs> I didn't know they were doing a bit because I didn't know there was. I didn't know anything about this show. And sometimes uh, their delivery is so dry you don't even know. <laughs> so I went to do this show, and after episode one, I was like. Oh, that was fucking hectic, but one does the bear, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm ashamed to admit I started up episode two people two before thinking, you know what? They were probably just <laughs> making a joke. There probably isn't a bear. <laughs> it doesn't help that the show begun, begin with a dream sequence about a bear. So I was like, oh, maybe that'll happen later. Maybe it was a, maybe it was like a, like a flash forward. Maybe there will be a bear. Why did I expect a fucking bear in the show about a, about a um, fucking diner? Maybe it's a, a Winter's Tale type thing. The bear is just going to show up right before the end for no reason. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, well, it's about Chicago, you know, with Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, so public service announcement and prior warning: there is no bear, no actual bears <laughs> in this show. Only metaphorical ones. <laughs> <laughs> Worth watching eight episode. I hope it get renewed. Are there um, any big hairy is... gay men? Because th- those are bears, right? <laughs> well, there is a guy I would describe as a bear. Um, I don't know if he's gay. He is annoying. They're all a little bit annoying. They're all a little bit broken. <laughs> well, yeah, if you work in a kitchen, you're already yeah. broken. Like, I watch a lot of like cooking shows and chef shows, and yeah, every single one of them's broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, the guy from Community, the lead from Community. Uh, what's his face? Joe McHill is who I'm talking about. Joe McHill has. See, I a... think of him as the soup guy. <laughs> <laughs> from what? From the soup, like the talk talk soup, it was a show here in the states. Ah, okay, nah, I I don't like Joe Mahill. I I I feel like he's a bit. I like him in Community, but I think in real life he's just the character from Community, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a great cameo in The Bear, where he he's only in it for like five minutes, not even that, two three minutes, and he's the worst person. Like you immediately <laughs> hate it. They cast him perfectly. For me, at least, because I hate Joe Mahill. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great actor. You know Joe McHill's um, 
uh, first real appearance is in the original Spider-Man 2. Yeah, um, yep. den- denying Aunt May a bank loan. That's him. Yeah, that's Joel McHale. Yeah, yeah. That's, he shows up uh, a lot. It's just random scenes in movies. Like he's been around a long time. Ever since somehow he looked older in Spider-Man 2 than he does now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got the <laughs> Benjamin Button thing going for him. <laughs> I think that by Benjamin Button, I think you're saying hair plugs, right? <laughs> That's just code for he got rich and can afford good hair plugs. <laughs> He's taking that death becomes her drug, you know, Semper Viva, live forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you are being uh, too lazy to watch anything that we can just <laughs> take a short it's not break. a matter of laziness i've been really yeah. busy and... uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I figured i could get a rise out of you with that <laughs> let's take a quick break in which i'll turn the aircon on and grab a beer and then when we come back we'll talk about episode three of fur 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 in a minute yep We're back. Are you, People are keep you... asking us if we're back, but I say we're back. But what about that quote from John Wick? Is <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I'm, I'm just... back. Yeah, <laughs> that's not John Wick's accent. <laughs> no, it's not. That that's like the Colonel from KFC. <laughs> Look, I can make fun of Keanu Reeves's accent because he tried a Florida <laughs> accent in The Devil's Advocate. I'm from Florida. That is the worst <laughs> Florida accent I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Uh, what about his British accent in Dracula? <laughs> and also dangerous liaisons. Yeah, don't forget that. <laughs> the man just can't do accents. No. Okay. <laughs> he just has to stick with surfer dude because that's, that's all he can do. <laughs> or like um like tough guy, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> um anyway. <laughs> On the subject of accents, my wife, she's originally from South Carolina. She doesn't have much of an accent anymore, but she walked in on me watching this show. Uh, yeah, she caught that like Southern Tennessee accent being being spoken by some of the characters, and she immediately like started talking in her Southern accent, like it just like clicked. It was like, oh, really? whoa, weird. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, are you a peripheral? <laughs> <laughs> then her eyes glazed uh, over, and she kind of like stopped. Yeah, <laughs> and you put her back in the box. <laughs> I put her back in the box. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried to watch this episode immediately after we recorded the last podcast and then <laughs> discovered the Prime was down. <laughs> like I've never encountered a streaming service being down before, but it was down for like three hours. Oh my gosh. And I, I messaged Eric about it, dear listeners. He did not show any sympathy. He said, ha ha ha, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves every bad thing that happens to him. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that means I must have done a lot of shit. <laughs> you know, you, you know what you did. <laughs> oh, it's all the murders. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking dumb shit aside, let's go into episode three of. Uh, let's start. Well, I'll do a recap of the episode first. Yes, of course. Storyteller Lynn, take it away. 
In this episode of Secret Lives of Future People, there are many flashbacks and revelations abound. We first see Corbell pull off a bloodless coup against the local bikies. No blood. They all baked alive. Um, in the present, his wife advised him to get on the murder train. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Burton, acting on Fling's future intel that Corbell and his gaggle of morons might be gunning for them, threaten him with the same trick from the movie Losers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the same trick. It it's is. the same yeah. trick that Chris Evans character Dick. <laughs> Don't start none. Won't be none. Uh, anyway, uh, maybe, maybe we're the only people who remember that movie that is like a uh, financial and critical failures from like 2006. Something I like say. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and Burton offer him... 200k a month to leave them the fuck alone. I wish I could annoy people enough that they pay me money to leave them alone. <laughs> in fact, Keep working that, on it. I think you can get there. <laughs> in fact, that's how we'll start our Patreon when we finally get around to starting a Patreon for that <laughs> podcast. You pay us, and we, we will be less annoying. Um, <laughs> in the future, Charisse, is that how you pronounce the name? Charisse. Not, yeah. not Chris E. <laughs> No. <laughs> Charissa uh, does to a scientist what those ladies in Wickerman did to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Hell of a performance review. I will never complain about a meeting with the boss again. Um, <clears throat> we then learned that Alita and Wilf were raised as brothers and sisters by the rich couple from Clue. Uh, trying to find Alita's hideout in the future, Flynn and Wilf used the drift technology from Pacific Rim which supposedly can lead to attraction. <laughs> when they find a leader's hideout, they get ambushed by Daniel, who get wrecked and then beheaded. As he deserves. <laughs> Today is not a good day for... This episode is not a good episode for people who work for Charissa. <laughs> no. <laughs> just to be clear, it's Charisse. There is no uh at the end. It's not Charissa. I'm just, just going to call, call her Chrissy. Chrissy. <laughs> um okay so you want to start with the colville and jasper flashbacks well i mean that's where the episode starts which is kind of interesting because it feels like it's from jasper's point of view which is something we haven't really gotten and up to this point like up until this point jasper's been a barely visible character you know he's just kind i don't of think he even had lines before <laughs> you're right i don't think he has had a line he just showed up at the, in the bar and, and was gonna get up to pee and that was it oh no um, that's right he had one line, had one he had line. One i'm gonna line go about wanting to go yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Cobra was like shut up and sit down Jasper. <laughs> so that was interesting and it was a really uh this is a cool scene i liked it um really like showing off corbell being like savvy and thinking he's being a hero by taking out the trash but he's also like showing his his nephew how to be sadistic and what, what's the line i wrote it down in the notes it's be cruel now and then just for the pure animal joy of it that's fucked <laughs> i kind of liked it i kind of liked that line <laughs> and is it bad that i also kind of see where he's coming from not me i'm not cruel for the animal <laughs> joy of it i'm saying like a per i think that kind of mentality is probably required to be a crime lord and at yeah least i mean he's an honest crime lord right he's, he's obviously ruthless and he's showing yeah, how yeah, to yeah. be ruthless and that is you know it's a, it's a marketable skill <laughs> i mean all i'm saying is i'd vote for him he tell it like it is <laughs> 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 and, and you would love to have a beer with him. 
the 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 you, you think one thing i mean you think he he bakes these people alive in their car mm-hmm. um, which he does which he does <laughs> and then you don't it it didn't like the first time i watched it it didn't really like click with me what he was going to do afterwards with the bodies what? and the nails he had like, a bucket of nails <laughs> he had a bucket of nails but like i don't know for some reason it didn't click in my brain like my brain didn't yeah, want to make that connection i guess okay <laughs> you're just less cruel than corbell and me apparently yeah <laughs> <laughs> i will say i do think that there is a lot of um there's a lot of sadists on this show like I was talking mm-hmm. about earlier in like a couple episodes ago, I was talking about Aelita being a little sadistic, but compared to Corbell and Cor- and Charisse, she's got nothing on them. They're so much yeah. more sadistic than she is. <laughs> Yay. Come around to my point of view that Alita is a good guy. No, <laughs> I think a little she's bit less evil. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, that sometimes that's all we get. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like that scene. Um, Corbell's actor does not look any younger than he is. Yeah, he looks exactly the same. He just put on they like a different did shirt. Not bother with like de aging or makeup or anything. And I, I don't think I they even put a wig can, on him. I respect just combed that. His I can use my imagination. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, look, say no to weird de aging technology. Just, just use your imagination. Whatever. <laughs> but I do like how they made him even more evil by making him a used car salesman. <laughs> not used new new cars they were new cars but i think i think yeah. he he mostly trafficked in used cars yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. nowadays there isn't really like separation between used car and new car sales uh anyway especially in australia um every single car dealership i've seen d- seem to do both yeah around here yeah it's pretty much the same too um and it's the distinction has really gotten muddy l- lately like ever since the pandemic like because used car prices have gone way up. So like they're only yeah, slightly same. cheaper than new cars, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And new cars, you have to wait like a month or two. Yeah, you have to wait forever. <laughs> yeah. So I'm but not yeah. I'm not gonna buy a new car anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> but if I do, uh, I want one with electrified door handles. I really do. <laughs> so that every time I forget to hit the button, I electrocute myself. <laughs> His plan would go very wrong if all those bikies didn't get into the cars at the same time. I thought if, about if that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If two or three of them loitered outside, because him and little Jasper with the hose is not going to be able to take down even like two or three bikies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if you put it on like power wash, I don't think you can stop them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I like that scene. Uh, but he does bitch down pretty quickly later in the episode. <laughs> yeah, well, he had to. <laughs> I think I, I think he made the right decision. Um, okay, uh, well, we'll talk about just Jesper's things later. Let's talk about um, uh, Corbell in the prison with his wife first. I love their relationship. I do too. Like it's it's. I love that they they communicate. He tells her everything apparently. Yeah. Um. And he like trusts her advice, yeah. and she's very like intelligent and thinks it yeah. through for him. I love that. In a lot of ways, she might even be the power behind the throne, and she's also very very supportive. Like, yeah. like not. Yeah, I know. Like it is they're discussing killing people, but that interaction is strangely wholesome. Like he he. You know, she got her. She got her back, and um, he trusts her. No, I agree. I, it's great. It's a really <laughs> yeah. good, wholesome relationship. They just happen to be criminals. <laughs> yeah, 
and like not just like with the plan she she's good uh like she's talk him up she's bolstered his self-esteem it's like oh would a would a tiger be embarrassed for uh you know uh, whatever thing is before taking a step back before the pounce or whatever she said yeah and like um, a like a true wife this was after she'd already made fun of him for peeing in the pool yeah <laughs> I, I think I wouldn't say making fun of him. I think she just disgusted. <laughs> she calls him a child. And, you know, he yeah. says, what would you do if I grew up? And she says, I don't know, probably divorce you. So, I mean, they, they have a relationship that works, you know. I get it. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's she seemed to bring him a coffee, which is always nice. That's, that's love language right there. <laughs> Keep your loved ones <laughs> caffeinated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My wife takes fraps from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's still good. You don't have to make them. You don't have to bring exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> just have to go get them. <laughs> uh, it almost makes me feel like, oh, I hope nothing bad happened to the Corbells. <laughs> <laughs> but I think eventually maybe like Burton will have to do something bad to the Mr. Corbell and Lady Corbell will come for revenge, I think. And she and then we'll probably learn that she is capable of much more ruthless cunning than he was. Like maybe. I think that's it. I don't because think that's otherwise, a, a given, but it's, I, it's possible. I don't think it's a given, but I don't know uh, why else would they be building up, building her up, right? True. Like they have to be doing something with her character. Yeah. Yeah. So I either Either she gets fridged, which I really hope yeah. they don't do that. Yeah. Either she gets fridged to make Corbell mad, or Corbell something happens to Corbell, and you're right, she becomes yeah. like the next factor. Yeah. yeah. Um. So do you want to? Okay. Well, let let's go in logical order. Uh, let's start with um, Flynn telling uh, what's her name, Mary Sue, Mary Ann, <laughs> um, Billy Ann, Billy Ann. Uh, yeah. Uh, Flynn telling Fannie Mae everything. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was dumb. I'm with Burton. That was oh, dumb. absolutely, one hundred percent. It's dumb. Yeah. Um, it needed to happen for the plot, and it's almost like it's almost a little bit of lampshading by having Burton get mad at her for it, because obviously Burton would get mad at her for it because it's yep. a dumb thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, when she said, "Hey, you have your um." Your, you know, little nub nub squat, which apparently he might be in love with. Um, <laughs> I was going to mention that I, later. Yeah, <laughs> and I have nothing. Um, that makes sense as well. Like Billy Ann is all she has. It does make sense, but also you got to remember that that uh, Burton he admits he didn't tell his buddies everything. Like they don't know yeah. the whole story. Like she she they laid everything. They seem to be dumbasses. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. Even if he did tell them, they'd be like, "What? Just simplify that for me. What do I have yeah. to do?" <laughs> yeah, because I think in the previous episode we forgot to talk about the um, the lottery scene where uh, oh uh, right, his cousin. The future yeah. tried to yeah. The future <laughs> tried to hide the money by um, saying he won the lottery. But how much uh, money was that, by the way? Like a hundred thousand. I think it was like two hundred and fifty thousand. I think that's what it was. So where where are they getting this money to pay? I think not. I think this episode seemed to imply that uh, uh, whatever Melda grows cold iron or whatever company is is just doing regular cash injections to them now. I think maybe, but I also kind of like read it, read Burton's character as we know it. He's just going like like the one pill at a time kind of deal that like maybe he doesn't have a plan for the next 200,000. Maybe he's just hoping Milligross Cold Iron will, will pay that off. 
Yeah, he does seem to be like, yeah, live every, you know, solve the current problem, buy some time, solve the next problem, which is, I don't know, it's it's kind of how I live my life and it's inadvisable, <laughs> let me tell you. But, you know, I respect it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like once again, um, this confrontation in the car, I can see both sides, which a sentence I hate saying, but <laughs> <laughs> there's fine people both. on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Flynn is correct that she wanted to um, tell uh, Freddie Mac everything. Um, <laughs> uh, and Burton is correct that he, she shouldn't have done that. Like um, she was going to tell Jesper. I don't know if Burton is right that she was going to tell Jesper. I don't know if she tell but Jasper anything. <laughs> no, she doesn't seem to. She definitely thinks that Jasper's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, she pretty much says it straight up. Like he yeah. asks her, "Well, I'm not an idiot," is what he says, and then she just gives him a look like, "Yeah, you yeah. are." <laughs> <laughs> and he admitted he's like, "Okay, I won't." Um, <laughs> uh, but, but they but also I'm, they I'm... also have arguments about um that Call Burton is no Burton and oh, uh Flynn. Flynn. Burton is also doing things without talking to Flynn first. Yeah, like he, he's got he's already got all these plans in he he in motion. He's he's bought the company with a three D printer, and then later yeah. he goes and confronts Corbell, even though she told him not to. Like you can understand well, why well, she she told him not to kill Corbell. That's true. He did it. She did he say did. something like "Don't do anything until you." Yeah, you talk yeah, yeah, first. yeah. Um, yeah. but then he says something like, "Yeah, well, don't worry, we'll talk." And I think for him, he was. He was being kind of cheeky. He was meaning yeah, he yeah. was going to talk to Corbell. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, again, you can see it from her point of view that like she yeah. she's pissed and she has every right to be pissed because he is doing all the stuff without consulting her. But you can yeah. kind of see it from his point of view that he doesn't need to lay all this on her. No, he's the older and, brother. And also like um, he, he's also used to be being the leader of the pack. Right. And she's not factoring into his strategy right now so why does she need to know things you know right like she's not part of the squad um even though i think they at some point in the conversation don't they say something along the line of like oh you know I i'm supposed to be part of the team or something like that right something like that there was one line that i thought was really good where she said something like we're not cold-blooded killers and he's like um actually <laughs> you know i was kind of trained to do that uh, oh, she said, uh, we're not uh, ruthless killers like him. It's like, actually, the core spent quite a lot of money to make sure I am. We did get confirmation. It was a Marine. He is a Marine, after yeah. all. Which of course he is. I pretty much predicted. <laughs> but, you know, it was never explicitly stated until this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course he is. Uh, <laughs> the sheer amount of trauma and self-confidence <laughs> that man has. Uh, <laughs> look, I love Burton, and I think um, DC need to get the S and have a Nightwing um, <laughs> in be cinema cool. before before this actor age out. Because every time I see him, I'm like, this dude would make a good Nightwing. I don't know. For You're not reason, wrong. He would. I, That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> um, but uh, this conversation is a little bit contrary to what we've been praising them lately for, you know, Burton and... And uh, Flynn's mutual respect for each other, but it also shows that they're still brother and sister. You know, it comes with ups and downs. You know, um, and from Burton's perspective, he is just protecting her. Like, no, totally. He, he 
he isn't too much in her business about what's happening in the future. Like, and all the information that she bring back from the future, he seemed to treat it as like uh privilege, well thought of um, information. Like he doesn't no, he is question totally and completely trusting her to do the Intel half. And you yeah. know, he's relying on all that. Yeah. So yeah, there's still yeah. respect there, but like any yeah. good relationship, they, they have friction, you know, they're going to have yeah. arguments. And the things he's keeping from her, he's keeping from her because he knows she wouldn't approve and he right, wants to right. do them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> like um, um, printing weapons attachments for his weapons. I don't think they're printing weapons. I think they're printing like weapons attachments. Yeah, it looked like and... they, were, they were, yeah, it looked like attachments. It looked like he was yeah. adding something to a slider and there was a silencer being, or suppressor yeah, silencer isn't like, really a thing. <laughs> um, ammo um, extenders and shit like that, yeah, I yeah, believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and to be fair, Flint was most upset that uh, she thought he uh, put those two dumbasses in charge of her. <laughs> but it, she's like, no, like you don't even have time to work here anymore. And also, we're the owners, <laughs> <laughs> which is fair. Good point. Uh, yeah. But what do you think about um, what Burton did to Corbell? Do you think that was smart? Um, in the short term, I think it was. But in the long term, I think that he's setting himself up for more trouble. I think in his mind, he has solved the problem for now, but I don't think it's a, yeah. it's a long term solution. I think he knows it's not a long term solution. Yeah, and I, I think, think he, yeah, I think he's smart enough to know that. I think his I think his long term solution is wait for Flynn to come around and then kill him. <laughs> Probably. And you know what? I kind of agree. Like, if you kill Corbell, like he doesn't know that he also need to kill the wife. But other than <laughs> other than that, like there seemed to be no other semblance of any kind of intelligence leadership in that organization except Corbell. Right. Jasper is <laughs> not going to take over, and the other no. idiot is not going to take over. <laughs> no. Jasper's wife, Bunny Fufu, have more of a chance of taking over. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but um, what about that scene with Jasper uh, <laughs> in the car? She's like. <sighs> I thought she was a little bit harsh in episode one when she was like, you know what? If I had more information before marrying Jesper, I might not have married <laughs> Jesper. And now after I meet Jesper, I'm like, no, no, no. Um, Fanny Mae deserves better. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I think she had enough information to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, small town, there probably isn't an abundance of choices. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it does have money. It's blood money, but it's money. <laughs> yeah. Um, they did a great casting choice for Jesper. You look at, you take one look at that dude and he looked like a dumbass. <laughs> totally. But I, I I, think, I wonder if that is is a misdirect. If like, there's not wheels spinning under there that we don't see yet. I, I don't think this is likely, but I think it would be a neat narrative trick if they pull that off. I I, I was impressed when he was like, well, I, I didn't open it, but I, I can tell from the from the outside, from the feel of it. I can tell what it is. <laughs> yeah. That was a good cover. Cover his that ass moment. Cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, like, you don't even need to cover. You, you like, you would, you could have just said, well, it's obviously a giant bag of money, <laughs> uncle. <laughs> that, that bag is paper thin. <laughs> that wasn't even as thick, like, a, as thick as a canvas bag. That was like a fabric bag. <laughs> But he is still kind of like sheepish and dumb. Like after yeah. he takes the money and then yeah. Corbell's like, well, let me tell you something about taking money. And he's like, he tries to sheepishly give it back. And so. <laughs> it's just, it's such a funny scene. He's like, no, 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 too late. Uh, no backseat, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and Jasper, the dumbest that he is, even though I don't think uh, Bunny Fu ever tell him anything, I think that the, the way the show is uh, going, she he is going to le- learn some vital information from his wife about what's happening. He's going to figure something out. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to end in one of two ways. Either he's going to... Well, okay, one of three ways. Either he's going to die, or he's going to betray Corbell and probably die, or he's going to wind up trying to go after um, the Fishers on his own. Um, and that's not going to end well for him either. So I think he's going to die no matter what. I, I don't think he wants to go over the uh, after the Fishers, because he said the Fishers are good people, remember? in that. Yeah, but I think... If he winds up getting into enough trouble and he thinks that Corbell is going to come after him because he's done something wrong, I don't know exactly what that will be, but I'm sure it's going to unfold over time. Um, I think he could he could get to a place where he thinks he has to take action or he's mm. in trouble. I think more likely is he'll tell Corbell the truth about what he learned and Corbell will try and go after the device, the peripheral. That's possible. That would be interesting. That would definitely like be a new a way to spin it. That would be fun. Mm. Yeah. Because I think Corbell wants more information and other people are going to get into the peripheral at some point uh I, yeah i think we, we got a little peek of that at the next time on oh really uh, oh yeah that's right who was it like, it was connor which should be interesting uh, should be interesting yeah <laughs> i do know that actor does actually have legs and two arms so <laughs> okay <laughs> i was gonna say um <laughs> Should be interesting, but also um, I'm surprised Burton hasn't been like, let me have a go. Let me go check it out. Yeah, like, well, he, he, he tried to a little bit like in the last episode, but but Flynn shut him down almost immediately. Yeah. But I Which, think it's only a matter of time before there's more people going in. There has to be like I would be I wouldn't be surprised if we get more than one peripheral like and yeah. more than one person's going into the future at the same time. Well, okay, we gotta stop calling the device peripheral because they seem to be get calling confusing. the robot robots yeah. peripherals. So I'm just gonna call that the, uh, the, the headset, v- yeah, <laughs> the the VR helmet. Uh, so what else about the Burtons and the Jespers and the, the oh um the trick Burton pools? Uh, I joke about it being the trick from losers, <laughs> but it is true. And but also like that does make me feel like. Corbell is more of an annoyance than a threat because because they completely survived that first attack on the farm and skate and because the way we've seen them work together so well and this threatening of Corbell's is so real I just feel Corbell even if he tries what can he do like he have to completely catch them by surprise and like and how can he Burton is paranoid enough to have three drones following Flynn at all times. And at their farm, the all the soldiers are camped out. Corbell's yeah, just not a threat. <laughs> I don't think Corbell really truly knows what he's up against yet. And I think he, no. that scene is probably like his introduction to what he's got to deal with if he wants to go after them. Um, yeah. I, so like, yeah, I don't, he doesn't feel like a threat yet. Uh, he would need no. a lot more firepower and a lot more muscle to be a threat. A competent muscles. Like yeah, exactly. Every... Not the muscle he's already got, because they yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. They're the worst. <laughs> like, one guy um... with glass in his face, and the other guy just an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the two other guys, like the, the guy with the glass in the face and the two other guys couldn't even uh, stand up against Connor. Right. And now they have to face Connor and like eight other Marines <laughs> uh, that are like telepathically linked. And we get a lot more um, exposition about the technology in this conversation where apparently there's like personality bleed through as well, like memory bleed through where he blacks out and just beat up a man in a bar. 
I thought that was uh, really cool and a really like clever use of exposition because it was serving a lot of different purposes at the same time. Yeah. It was threatening Corbell and like laying the groundwork for what he was about to do to threaten Corbell, but it was also yeah. giving you a lot more information about the technology and it was leading you into understanding what haptic drift is, which is like the title of the episode. It's obviously important. Yeah. Um and it you know, it was and it was showing you more about uh Burton's character. So like I feel yeah. like that was really, really well done, really tight writing to get all that done in one story. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But um, the one thing I want to I want to uh, bring attention to is though, when when Burton uh, extend his hand for the handshake and the camera cuts to a different um, angle. I thought it cut to a different scene altogether. I thought they were going to leave it ambiguous whether or not agreement yeah, I was thought reached. So too. Yeah, yeah. But all they were doing is showing Tommy seeing the handshake. And that I mean, seemed kind of comical. What? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I half expected, like, a crash zoom on his eyes and, like, skeptical fried dog gif eye narrowing. Um... <laughs> Obviously, they're setting up for Tommy to do something stupid with limited information he has, right? Because he keeps he's stumbling gonna... into things. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> he's going to try to be super cop, and it's just going to come at the worst possible time, right? Probably, uh, yeah. He's going to come uh, in like, you know, like the cavalry at a, at a really inopportune moment, and he's yeah. something bad's going to happen. <laughs> There's also a potential love triangle happening as well, which we'll get to later. Uh, yeah, we still haven't met his fiance yet have we um uh, i can't remember her name it's like jojo or something that's not right but it's something like that <laughs> joey jojo shepardu that's the worst name i've ever heard um uh, uh, okay so let's talk about the future they dropped a lot of they did drop a nouns. bunch of stuff on us yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start with the big one the jackpot which is apparently the big incident that messed with everything. Yeah. I like the idea of a jackpot because it, it's kind of like a one in a million shot, like something aligned in just the yeah. right way to fuck the world. Yeah. Um, I get, you get all that just from the name jackpot. I have no idea yeah. what it is, what it means, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, the little things we see from the previous preview seem to, doesn't seem to help at all. Like the visual clues seem to show that the earth kind of exploded. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> Apparently Paraguay doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah, poor Paraguay. <laughs> I imagine they imply most countries don't exist anymore. But like, we know Canada still exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Canada will always keep trucking along with their poutine and their apologies. And don't say anything about Canada and trucks, please. Or <laughs> uh, <laughs> <all> convoys. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, they the, also mentioned the Reformation, um, which is like... I'm imagining they're not talking about the Church of England. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that like after a lot of nations imploded or whatever, that there had to be some kind of like, you know, rebuilding and they're calling that the Reformation. Um, I have a feeling it's less of a rebuilding, more of like a mad dash for power. <laughs> well, yeah, it does. Yeah, definitely. Like the <laughs> governmental systems are a little wonky here. Um, yeah. They mentioned yeah. klepts, and I think that that's referring to klep kleptocrats, like people who are just basically stealing power. Um, 
Right. Oh, they said clamps um, in a previous episode as well. But in that context, I presume that was just a euphemism for criminals. Right. Uh, but now in this context, they said uh, we we expect some clamps, but we I don't know which families for sure. I think it's more like organized crime. Maybe. But like, I also get the feeling that there is no centralized government anymore. That yeah. like we're being run by things like RI and we're being run by like these criminal families you know people like yeah. lev you know yeah. um klepts it makes sense to me i get it yeah yeah uh what other things uh the immunizations they talk about when when the 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 british couple is going to to uh, adopt Irita. Yeah. uh yeah. they've had all their shots they've had all their immunizations they're up to date blah 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 blah, blah. so yeah. obviously um they needed to be immunized for covid right. <laughs> <laughs> i i think from the context, like also the the uh, let's discuss another term they dropped as well, neoprim. Neoprim. Uh, uh, I have no uh, idea what that is. <laughs> and the in the context they talking about, they said like, oh, we found them in a country that used to be called Germany. So Germany's gone as well, right? Uh, <laughs> no third time's a charm, Germany. <laughs> you only got two. <laughs> 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 well, unless unless they were involved in the jackpot. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, that was terrible, <laughs> but I couldn't resist. Um, yeah, apologies and... to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, they have all the financial powers in Europe right now. You don't want to cross Germany. <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean they're doing better than fucking England. Um, <laughs> so Germany's gone. And so uh, they're getting orphans out of this situation. I think what they're describing is like post-apocalyptic environment. And there's probably a lot of disease and stuff going around. And the immunizations are just immunizations for that kind of thing. But right. there could also be like neoprims, I think, stand for neoprimitives. Oh, they, okay. They, as in, like, after downfall of society, people who reverted, right? Brave but New World could, type, yeah. Ex- except, are they just using it as a euphemism to justify killing poor people who are... <laughs> just uh, like uh, Brave in, New World, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, in the fallout of the apocalypse, right? Absolutely. Or are they actually, like, zombified? Like, like, did something actually happen to them? Like, are they, like, Reavers, you know, uh, from Firefly? Or are they just killing poor people who are, like, uh, fighting amongst each other for food and resources and calling them neoprims to justify just killing humans, right? Like, dehumanization is always a vital step of genocide and a lot of humans are gone in the future. <laughs> they went somewhere, and I don't think peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not wrong. That does all sound logical. So what did Wiff do to the Neoprims? Oh, well, he killed them. Like He clearly he killed obviously them killed them, them, but it sounds like he killed <laughs> them in an especially brutal way. Like, he beat them right. to death or something. Or right. he did and- something that led to their death. It was, like, a really brutal death. Um... But yeah, he's yeah. obviously responsible for something terrible. Right. And before the adoption, clearly. So, like, as a kid, he's responsible for... That's probably why Alita is so... Um, protective. Um, attached, of protective of him, because maybe she protected him. Um, like oh, that. and he probably is also from Germany, since his name is Wolfgang. Yeah, well, they, they, they're both from Germany, right? Yeah. Because they, that's, a, that's where they said they were found. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah it, they did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Aelita's more of a Russian name. 
whereas Wolfgang is a quintessentially yeah. German name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's so we finally figured out the mystery of why she, only she called him Wolf because Wolfgang. Yep. And uh, Wilfred is that what they they named? Yeah, Wilfred is what the name they gave him. Yeah, and he's what like, a damn Wilfred. That is a what a downgrade. Yeah, <laughs> Wolfgang is so much cooler. <laughs> I do have to say though, this whole Alida and um, Wolfgang slash Wilfred was raised as brother and sisters thing come out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, did we not see that coming. <laughs> did not see that coming, and I kind of don't like it. Uh, especially if you like, it reminds me of. The, it, I recall the scene where he runs up to her in the middle of London, and he's like, "Hey, long time no see." <laughs> that make him even stupider in hindsight. If they were, <laughs> if they right. were his brother and sister, and he's just like, "Oh, I just ran into you in the middle of London." <laughs> <laughs> um, Alina was right to be like sus- immediately suspicious of him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like she knows him well enough, anyway. Yeah. But clearly, like, they had a fallout um, at some point and went their separate ways, you know, um, especially after being um, raised by the Monopoly man and his wife. (laughs) Uh, He was so bad they didn't go to his funeral, which makes sense. He seemed pretty awful. He's the one who came up with the name Wilfred. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was surprised when they were like, I thought that scene was leading to them getting separated, but I was surprised when the couple decided to adopt them together. Yeah, and obviously they never did get separated because they they grew up in the same household together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever um, separation happens after the fact, let's just jump to where we meet the mother as an like uh, in the future time because she is the worst. <laughs> this is like such a haughty British. She's yeah. just awful. <laughs> She's yeah. so bad. Um, but like she like the actress who plays it's great. Like this yeah. is this is perfect. Um and, and it's funny that she is so haughty and so like full of herself and so stiff upper lip and so like judgmental. And then she goes on about how Ailita has a haughty streak and she didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just didn't like the fact that Ailita is smart and she felt dumb against Ailita's right. riddles. Um uh, and also like her half-heartedly justifying using Aileen's face on the coit. That was weird. Uh, yeah, that was weird. I presume they're all coits, um, not just the cop, because that's another proper now they uh, dropped. They call they call they the, call the, the cop, cop thing the metcoid, which makes me think yeah. like a metro metro coid would be like android. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you're right. So I, I think, think I think you would call the robots coids. I think yeah. that's right. Which. Sounds a little bit like a slur. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> if somebody call you a coit, punch them in the face. It's probably not a good thing. <laughs> and that's that's one of the slangs that I don't quite key in on. Like, I don't know where coit yeah. really comes from, except from Android. But like, when they said uh, Polt in the very first episode, I immediately thought Poltergeist. And we got that yeah. confirmed in this episode. Yeah. That's not what it means. Yeah. And Neo Prim probably is Neo Primitive, right? Makes sense, right? And kleptocrat uh, makes sense to me. Yeah. So yeah. Well, quite the oid is probably from Android, but we don't know what K stands for, right? Right. So K, the K stands for probably something that has to do with the technology that makes them right. Uh, They're potassium droids. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> made out of big potassium. Hey, they do like kind of like melt into nanobots sometimes. Maybe That's those true. are potassium. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just a whole lot of ketamine. <laughs> uh, 
but you did. You also wrote down, did they text Burton to tell Flynn to get in the profile? They did. <laughs> they did. They should so get Flynn's number. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they're sharing a phone. I don't know. That's true. Maybe. I mean, come on. 2032 people sharing phones. They were poor. Yeah, recently. but even today, like I've seen homeless people with phones. Like that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, which which is a big talking point for assholes. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, we learned a lot about uh, yeah, Wilf. Oh, and you as you point out, the Alita peripheral from the beginning of the show. Oh, right. Was is a recreation of young Alita. I'm glad we get to see more of this uh, this like kid actress because it's a really good kid actress. She's she's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and yeah, like now it makes sense that he recognized who she was immediately. Like he didn't even like didn't yeah. even miss a beat. Now it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also uh, oh also something in uh, uh, the dossier that we see later. Marielle Raphael dossier. The girl uh, Flynn uh, accidentally end up getting killed. The eyeball lady. Right. Uh, she. If we learned from our dossier that it, the year is probably 2099. Probably. Because yeah. uh, the dossier says her implant uh, version and date, and it's like 2099, a version, something, something. Yeah, and uh, she's had like a ton of like genetic manipulations, but it all seems like yeah. telomere extensions. It seems like not necessarily uh, augmentations so much as things that are keeping her alive. Um, so I think maybe there is some kind of like genetic disaster that everybody is kind of already dying and they're just like trying to struggle to figure out how to keep living. Oh, maybe, maybe that's a theory that I was working on. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's talk about the Marielle Raphael dossier. Um, you wrote, I hope Link screenshot <laughs> this in the notes and I did. And right I before we started recording, you sent it to me. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's pull it up. Yeah. I will pull it up on my phone. So, uh, yeah, the thing that says is Neural Implant Series 24C uh, upgrade 1 March 2099. Uh, 3.7 upgrade 1 March 2099. So it's probably is 2099. But I still think that scene with Alita hasn't happened yet. I agree. It, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, it's probably just months away, probably just episodes away. Maybe, maybe a season finally. I don't know. Maybe it'll start and end on the same scene. Uh, but yeah, a bunch of um, augmentations she've done. Um, she's only thirty-four. <laughs> oh, she, oh yeah, she's a good thirty-four. Yeah, uh, yeah. And she reports to Daniel, which I thought was funny. Whose last name is Cook? Oh, yeah. Who would report to Daniel? I thought he was a thug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Apparently, he's a boss. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they um, they organized uh, with like you know like what do you call it like. Junior breakers up top. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, you know how like they used to make thugs bosses just uh, to discourage people oh, from yeah. unionizing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it talks about pluripotent stem cell infusions and, like I said, telomere extensions. And that really, it doesn't sound like. I mean, because they're using words like infusions and extensions, it makes me feel like it's not. They're not trying to improve her in any way. They're just trying to keep her alive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, or maybe it's just rich people things to be still youthful. Like she is a Possibly. good thirty-four. Like she does you look know? like, a good <laughs> like we just said. Yeah. Right. You might uh, be right, but uh, I do think. Like we'll talk about it later when we talk to the bee lady. But I, a lot of my <laughs> predictions about researching the stubs, I believe, is right. 
Yeah. Well, some of it has been straight up been confirmed. Yeah. But I, I think my further conjecture that has been written, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. Let's talk about, well, anything else about uh, Muriel Raphael? Do I see it? Uh, she is dead. I thought she's absolutely dead. Like, I don't think yeah. we're going to see her again. <laughs> um, I felt uh, Flint was a little bit naive asking that. Um, and then she got haughty when he's like, I'm sure she's fine. And then she's like, I'm not asking you to make myself feel better. I'm like, Flynn, you're lying to yourself. That's exactly why you're asking. Yeah. Because uh, you know dead. the answer. She's dead. Yeah. She, <laughs> she knows. And then um, uh, Wilf um, tells, gives her what she wants, which is the truth, which is like, well, <laughs> even if Alita didn't kill her, you know, I probably did. Yeah. And this is like foreshadowing for later in the episode. He says uh, they don't take kindly to security breaches. Yeah. 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 Um, the Met quite scene. I hate that scene. That is the first time in the show, this show, that I completely hated the scene start to finish. And um, I feel like I just tuned in to like an episode six <laughs> of, a, uh, of like a romance dramedy. And I missed all the parts where they established the relationships between two characters, and then they 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 show us a very touching love um, confession scene, and I I feel nothing for it because I just saw these two characters interact for the first time. I feel like I'm watching one of those, except I've seen every single scene of this show. <laughs> what did this happen? What does that have been the thing between Wilf and Alita? Except he keep inappropriately touching her robot while she's not there. I <laughs> <laughs> like keep playing with the peripherals here. That's all we've had so far. No, I'm I'm glad I'm glad to hear you say that because this scene was the first scene that really felt contrived to me. Like everything is set up just for the plot to happen, just so that they can check some boxes. Like every single thing yeah. in this in this entire scene just feels. It feels lazy. It doesn't it, like they're not doing the homework to make the scene make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did like some of the some of the ways they use the tech I thought was interesting, like being able to like use your fingers in a certain way to make it work. Yeah. Um, that was kind of cool. Um, and there's little subtle things that I didn't notice the first time, but I noticed the second time, like he kept tapping his implant whenever he wanted to talk to. Um, I'm just going to keep calling her Cho because I can't remember her name. Um, yeah. And. There was something else. I like oh, the and, okay. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. That, just the robot, you know, like um, and, and the and the show thing, and all the technology that they showed us, and the 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 drifting technology. I'm just gonna call it drifting after yeah. the technology. From I mean, the they call it rift. drift. So yeah, I, I mean, well, he I just think, calls it like a link, but like later, yeah. Burton calls it yeah. haptic drift. Yeah. I like I like sh the showing off all that technology, but if they like, I feel like they just needed to be spaced out. Like because every single conversation Wilf and Alita have had so far has been planning from the perspective of the story, exposition from the perspective of the story. We've had nothing to convey that is uh, any sort of romantic link. Uh, no, there's been no like character dynamic between the two of them at all. Like like you no, said, it's all yeah. been it's all been procedural. It's not been yeah. emotional. Yeah, the beginning of the establishing the link in this scene is the first time we get a hint of that. Give it some room to speak, breathe, leave to uh, put the police and the, the weird 
pseudo love confession <laughs> scene two three episodes down the uh, it would even make track. it would even make sense if it was after the scene that ends the episode where where they have that yeah. fight scene together like yeah that's an emotional moment that they have together yeah. and they, they might have a bonding afterwards that would make a lot yeah. more organic yeah. sense for the story yeah, I'm yeah. With you. even in like two more episodes down the track it would, would make a lot more sense but i just felt uncomfortable the whole time and Listeners, I'm not one of those guys who's like not not comfortable with like rom coms and like shows of like sappy romance in TV shows. This just wasn't good. <laughs> no, and uh, like like the the note I put in there is more of a joke, but like because you feel uncomfortable, I feel like the robot, the metcoin, maybe it just doesn't like PDA and doesn't yeah. like public displays of affection because that. That's the impression that I got because there's no reason for the Metcoin to let them go just because he was all like, oh, yeah. I have feelings uh, for her. I'm going to kiss oh, her yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? That doesn't make sense. That's another thing that felt contrived to me. Like, yeah. his solution to the to the Metcoin wanting to take the peripheral right. away. Right, right. It, it is like, um, like, like uh, forcing a kiss to hide from the authorities that are looking for you scene, except make less sense it makes less the sense authority it is a work. robot like i thought i thought maybe he was going to kiss her as soon as they like met up like at that moment yeah. and then the metcoid would walk past that would have made yeah. sense yes yes <laughs> instead they have to yeah. have this drawn out conversation with the metcoid that doesn't really work it's clunky they didn't have to do shit that was just a wolf being a creep yeah true <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, but we did we did learn something that is vital about the technology. People can jump into peripheral from the present time. Right. It doesn't have to be from the past. Uh, and it does seem to be like that this is the way people seem to travel without having to actually travel, uh, which makes sense, I guess. And which Kinda also cool. implies to me that maybe most of the world is still a wasteland. Possibly, or at least it's really hard to travel from one place to another. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if you're getting full haptic feedback from these uh, peripherals, uh, I it complete make complete sense that you would just um, do this, and you would even have long distance relationships like this that uh, Wilf is implying, which begs the question: How anatomically correct are these <laughs> peripherals? <laughs> They're probably fully functional. Yeah, <laughs> we'll probably find out later. And also, as soon as they d- as soon as they show the drift technology, I don't know if I'm just an awful pervert, but <laughs> I was like, this is this technology is probably used a lot for sex. <laughs> I did mention Strange Days in the first episode. Yeah, there's a lot of that in Strange Days. <laughs> before the series is through, even before that, maybe even before the season is through, I bet we're gonna have we're gonna get a sex scene with drift activated. I bet that's going to happen. We will 100% definitely get a sex scene with the peripheral involved. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> Even probably. It, it's Prime. Like, uh, Prime is a lot less sexless than other streaming. Yeah, I was, all, I was all excited. This episode opened and, like, it, the, the warning, the parental warning said nudity. And I'm like, all right, nudity. And then it's just like an old man butt. And I'm like, great. <laughs> you got Game of Thrones, my friend. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, don't like that Matt quite scene. Don't like it at all. Um, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that because that was one scene that really like turned me off. Yeah. Um, also, um, I just want the audience to know ACAB apply to Matt Coits. Uh, ACAB. You don't tell me you don't know what ACAB is. 
all cops all cops are bastards. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I have never heard that before. Oh, I mean, really? I've heard I've heard people say all cops are bastards. Oh, but okay, I've never yeah, heard yeah. ACAB before. <laughs> people like on Twitter make the joke like, remember ACAB? Like, and then like it's the common joke is like if there's like a like a cute cat dressed like a cop or something, and then people oh. are like, does ACAB <laughs> apply to this? <laughs> yes, ACAB apply to the medcoit. <laughs> Um, it is quite bullshit though. She's like, "Did you did you hear why uh, the Matt quite pulled them over?" They like uh, it goes, "Oh, uh, your peripherals' uh, uh, behavior do, like didn't match any it, algorithms." Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. Like... <laughs> Differ from algorithmic acceptable parameters, which is uh, <laughs> God. that's some bad. That's just techno babble. That's that doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh well, I I, I mean, see... it makes sense logically, but like, yeah. yeah. For the scene, it's a yeah. really shitty explanation. Yes, yeah, you're correct, definitely correct. All right, well now we we will get to uh, the scene we've been wanting to talk about: the bees, bees. not the bees. Oh. <laughs> bees, they're in my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> killing me won't bring your damn bees back. <laughs> so we get uh, a lot of information about. The bee die-off obviously being as important yeah. as we said it would be. Um, yeah. And apparently they've died off more than once. And I think that they're doing a lot of like genetic work to try to rebuild them. Um, and that's seems... Well, it seems it like... to me that they experiment. <laughs> I think they are using genetics to try to bring the bees back. Um, yeah, but like, are they actually trying to fix the world? Are they just doing it for like shits and giggles? And yeah, profits? I don't know if they're trying to save the world or anything. Um, <laughs> that's kind of like the bow they put on it. Like any evil corporation. Yeah, we're saving the world. Sure. You know, um, but we know that she like the what I can't remember her name. I'm just going to call her Dina Madani, uh, the character that Sharice goes to go see, who was yeah. apparently a roommate of Aelita's for a year, a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she has access to the stem and she's using it for her stub. research or stub. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, her stub. She's using the stub for her research. And yeah. apparently Aelita, who works in grains and legumes, isn't even supposed to know about the stub. Yeah. So Sharice is assuming that she learned it from uh, Dina yeah. Madani. Yeah, we still don't know what's special about the stub, if if at all, if there is any at all, or if it just happens to be a stub they could wiggle their way into, you know? There was a line where she's, when Sharice uh, is talking to Daniel, where she says something about the stub being unwieldy or something like that, that, there, that there's something that makes the stubs particularly tricky. Like, it makes it feel, it makes it sound like they've been to other stubs. And that this yeah. one stub is special in some way. Um, mm. But I'm not. Well, it have to re- be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, but this it, it this is the first implication we've gotten that there's more than one stub, which makes sense. Of course, there would be. But um, yeah. Yeah. Are they, so what I was what I predicted about them just doing research on the stubs yeah, to nail help the head, themselves man. in the future. Yeah. Nailed that. And I think that's that give me a little bit more confidence to assert my conjectures that I think the main conflict with a leader is uh, what a leader believe is that's pointless. Like this world is beyond saving. We we've gone fucked itself. And that we are letting maybe a leader think they have, 
the moral imperative to help the stubs instead of exploiting them. Maybe they, she think we now have the technology for the to help the stubs avoid the jackpot. Right. But people like Labs and RI are wanting to exploit it in different ways. But that solution is too simple and logical. There has to be more than that, right? Like, I feel like just for sure. that. Especially yeah. with Lev, I think Lev has a different ulterior motive that we still, it's still really murky at this point. We don't really have yeah. any uh, clues for what, what his goal is yet. Right, right. But I think at baseline, it's that, that's going to be the core of the conflict. I think they're going to build more on it and there's going to be more complications. But at baseline, I think the I and Lev want to exploit the stubs, but Alita think the the stubs can be safe, right? Oh, and should be saved. No, that definitely feels like the macro level conflict yeah. that this is building towards. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, because the bees are still dying out in the in the stub. We know that from the video thing, and right. um, the bananas are extinct. <laughs> yeah, they've already died. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was actually talking about this the other day at the bar <laughs> about bananas <laughs> going extinct because that's the kind of bar conversations I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, in our world, uh, a bunch of banana breeds has also gone extinct. Um, yeah, but the one that everybody knows, the the Cavendish, is is definitely going out. It's not going to last forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we lost the couples. A couple of them are on the on the way out. Um, in fact, fun fact: the reason that like banana flavoring, like in, in candies and stuff, tastes different than a banana is because it's based off of the old banana that went extinct. Yeah, uh, Gros Michel, I think it was called. I don't remember. Something like oh that. yeah, Gros Michel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a terrible name. <laughs> yes. No wonder it went extinct. It's gross. If you're naming food, just stay away from the word gross. Just <laughs> don't put it in there. um you wrote is charise too cartoonishly evil she is so like i I mentioned earlier that my wife walked in um and it cut to charise and without her even having to say anything just the way she was dressed and the way she was presenting herself my wife's like that's the big bad right (laughs) like it's the shoulder pads she has evil shoulder she has extreme (laughs) shoulder pads like it's 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 absurd you have those shoulder pads. You're either evil or a Power Ranger. Sometimes both. You're an evil Power Ranger. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like this is a bit going a bit too far. Uh, clearly, like I can understand how wanting to try and find out whether or not the Bee Lady is in league with the leader. But from the context of the conversation, I think she can be well assured that the B-Lady didn't do anything deliberately. This is just a security breach. And she wasn't even, like, this is another instance of sadism. Like, she'd already poisoned her with that, like, hornet pheromone before she'd even really had much of a conversation with her. Like, before they really started talking. Like, she was planning to kill her the whole time. They were just having a conversation to have a conversation. She was going to, like, find out what she knew and then she was going to kill her no matter what she said. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she must be. She's like the head of a research division. She must be a valuable resource. This seems like a waste of resources. <laughs> but I mean, the scene I... that that really gave me the anime villain vibe from her yeah. was earlier when she was talking to Daniel, and she does that thing with her hand. She waves her hand, yeah. and the floor disappears, and then she walks on the floor. And Daniel, being a dumbass, is like, "Oh." But um, I like that about him. I like I, I was like, oh, Daniel, even though she's threatening you, you're still loyal to her. It That's did make cute. me like, like Daniel more. Yeah. <laughs> but 
that just it felt like an anime to me like the yeah. anime villain walking in thin air and all that it's just i yeah. think i think that she just turned off the like i think it was just like a video screen i don't think she was working on thing there oh exactly just just yeah, yeah 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 i think she just threatening but yeah yeah that that was quite anime villain and i yeah i didn't like this either and also that's not how pheromones work pheromones do not have pinpoint <laughs> technology yeah. she would be as fucked as the bee lady <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> you anger bees they don't really discriminate yeah. between their targets <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, everything in that greenhouse will be swamped with bees. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the final scene with the at Alita's place, they showed a they showed dialogue in the um, next episode on last episode that they cut in the actual episode. Did you notice I noticed that? that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which kind of pissed me off because I feel like she should have said something to Wilf about that 3D printed thing being her house. Like, like I yeah, think that's she information. just like she picks up the thing of Burton and she says Burton, and then she immediately gets distracted and doesn't talk about it and doesn't mention it again, which is yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Wilf got earlier in the episode. Wilf got upset about uh, the Flynn peripheral being kept in a box. Alita doesn't even keep them in the box. She just keeps them on the floor. She just left them on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they need to be left in nutrient baths or they turn into zombie corpses. Yeah. They need to be given regular nutrient baths. Right, right. Which also, which which loads more to the, our theory that they like half organic. Right. They're kind of grown fully instead equipped. of built. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, how did... Daniel and the point find them at that exact moment. Uh, I think they were just... Maybe they're tracking Wilf. I was thinking maybe they followed yeah. Wilf because they came from Wilf's apartment. Um, yeah. And if they, they know Aelita, they have to know about Wilf because this is her brother. So that makes sense. Well, well, they also said Wilf last name. Like Daniel said, Mr. Whatever, I presume. It's, yeah, Netherton. So, Wilf Netherton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Netherton. Is that the, the rich couple's last name, do you think? Or is it their original last name? No, their a... last name is West. Like, they, they say that at some point. Oh. Like, Mr. and Mrs. West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so Aelita, Aelita took their name, but Wilf took a different name. Oh, he clearly okay. doesn't like his parents, which is, you know, understandable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't seem to have a drop of warmth in there. <laughs> <laughs> I like how uh, there's that in that scene where Wilf is talking to his mom, um, they could have easily cut the conversation as soon as like it had served its narrative purpose and, and just had Wilf leave. But instead they had to stay there long enough for uh, the mom to just be like, you know what? Um, the tea is growing cold and this conversation is over and just get the fuck out yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, just to, just to put a little punctuation mark on their relationship and how right. awful she is. Yeah. And like the conversation started with how she's upset that they never visit. And then, it ends with her being like, you know what, cut the fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what, what what was this Resident Evil puzzle you're talking about? I can't remember. Okay, like right before they find the actual surgery room, they see the grandfather yeah. clock. And, oh yeah, yeah. And I and uh, and Flynn is like, I have a grandfather clock just like that. In fact, it's probably the exact same clock, uh, but it stopped at a different time, so they had to move the like hands of the clock just. It's a Resident Evil puzzle. It's classic Resident Evil. It's in like yeah. three or four different Resident Evil games where you have to switch the hands on the clock. That's all I could think of. Um, but yeah, she's got her silly puzzles and her silly riddles. 
Um, so it's starting to get a little bit like you were talking about in the last episode. You were worried that Aelita was going to be a little too leaving too many breadcrumbs, kind of that kind of storyline. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but I don't think it's gone. They, they they lampshading it enough. They like yeah. they they flashback to her childhood and they they say like she's she's into puzzles and riddles, yada yada yada. But the fact that it's a grandfather clock from Flynn's past, it, obviously it's put there that way so Flynn can solve the puzzle, right? Right, and, of course, and get through. But at the same time, do you think there's a more direct link between Flynn and Alita? Like maybe are they like descendants. They've obviously have been hiding what happened to Flynn in the past in that timeline. Yeah. Um they they've been very coy about it and they've they've drawn attention to it multiple times, including yeah. in this episode. Um yeah. so yeah, I think it's possible, but it's also possible that she just knew about the grandfather clock and 3D printed it, you know. Mm. Also true. Also true. Um, we still don't know about how little cre- creepy 3D printed 3D printed yeah, house. The little either. diorama thing. We don't know mm. what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I like how uh, Burton's one show him like fist bumping the air, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really capture his uh, his brand of happy go lucky. It looks like that was the moment um, during the 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 farmhouse fight where like they thought they'd won, and then they started to realize that there were two other guys out there. Um, yeah, that's what it looked like because they were all like huddled around the front of the house. True, and that first episode. Ended with her placing the corner. Um, it actually started that with that. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So, corner figuring on the thing. Do you right. think corner showing up at the right time was somehow planned, like, manipulated by her, manipulated by her? I think but, so. Like, like we've been talking about, I do think she's some kind of puppet master and that a lot of events have been taking place through things that she has done, things that she's set in motion. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I think you are right about, uh, I think we're both right about how there's a lot more manipulation of the timeline happening than we know, because, like, clearly Metagross, Cold Iron have a lot of um, resources in the past. Yeah. Um, and they've got their, also, a lot of fingers and a lot of pies kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And one thing, uh, we I don't know if we we made an assumption or we just haven't really thought about it, is that they said the timeline branch from when they first made contact with that timeline. As soon as they make contact with that time, that point in the past, the stub is created. We don't know when that is. Exactly. We kind of vaguely assume that it is the beginning of the, the season, the series, but I doubt it. Like, it, it, in fact, it can't be that way because they already have too many resources in that timeline. So we don't know when they establish con- contact. That could be part of the jackpot. What do you mean? Well, I'm just saying that, like, that could be, like, one of the factors that led to the actual, you know, Oh, apocalypse. no, no, because that's that's not the kind of timeline we have, right? Like, it's, like... I mean, you're, you're right. Was... It's, not a, it's not a deterministic timeline, but yeah. the fact that they developed this technology had some kind of side effect. Um, yeah, maybe. You know, maybe. And we don't know when they... they, they and we have no technology. idea when the, when that happened. Yeah. 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 So we do we'll have we do play. have vaguely know that the jackpot's probably about 10 years in the future for yeah. 2032 yeah. yeah i think the peripheral um technology is developed after the jackpot and i think so too probably, but probably well after it's been resolved and the reformation happened right yeah i think so um uh i think from the previews we're about to learn more about the jackpot for sure can't wait yeah the jackpot is a great name for. Apocalypse. I do like it a lot. Yeah, because yeah. it's 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 different. It's unique. 
<laughs> also, you wrote, oh, look, a trucker. I should pick it up and carry it around. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny because he's like, oh, look, here's Aelita. She she must have taken this implant out so that she can't be tracked. I'll just put this in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is quite funny. Uh, maybe that's how they found it. Could be. Like yeah. maybe they had tracked it and maybe they'd already ransacked the place and then they were just lying in wait for Wilf to get there. Yeah. Or specifically for Flynn Peripheral to get there. Yeah. Uh, Flynn uh, didn't do any of the, like, he. she wasn't killing him, but she didn't do a lot of the, like, hesitating thing I was worried that she would do. Maybe yeah, she put that later. gun, like, right up to his head, like she was going to pull the yeah. trigger. Like, she didn't look yeah. like she was going to hesitate. Yeah. But they did give her an out. Like, she didn't actually kill him. He got... Yeah. Killed by the robot. Yeah, yeah. He got Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Count Dooku. No, sorry. Django Fett. Yeah, Django Fett. That was quite funny. Uh, <laughs> especially because uh, Daniel looked smug when that quite got out because I think he thought she was going to use the quite to save him. But right. Nope. <laughs> Beheading. Uh, Beheaded. Yep. <laughs> Um, okay. And it was funny because like this is the end of the episode. And I'm like, oh, Daniel's dead. We're not going to see Daniel again. And then next on the peripheral, the first thing you see is Daniel. <laughs> He's in like a coid body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's probably just his face, right? Yeah. He's yeah, dead. <laughs> they might be doing like that avatar thing where they've like backed up his personality or something. Oh, what a not. personality to back up. <laughs> He's brimming with personality. Uh, okay. I want to talk about this haptic drift technology. Okay, let's go for it. Uh, well, that's sorry, the link um, and that caused the haptic drift. And as later, as Flynn had that conversation about uh, that technology with Burton, Burton dropped this bomb on us, which is like, <laughs> be careful using that technology. Sometimes it feels like love. <laughs> Can you hear that, Eric? That's the sound of a thousand fanfiction writers screaming in pleasure <laughs> as they <For> sure. arrived <laughs> I, was, have a... I like i like the metaphor and i like what they were going for but i felt like that was a really clunky line and really poorly placed like it just kind of fell with a thud like is that really what burton would say at that moment like it feels like love that's not no <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially because in his context, this is a technology developed by the Marine Corps for his soldiers. So I have a question, Eric. How many industrial strength Marine orgies do you think the <laughs> army has to break up before they learned about this side of it? <laughs> I'm just imagining the... Um, the drill surgeon from a uh, full metal jacket screaming, this will be a great technology for unit cohesion. If you guys would stop fucking each other for a goddamn second. <laughs> <laughs> and then he also, he also has the technology installed. He's like, ah, I can't quit you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like the line could have been a little better. Like they could have, he could have said something like it's, 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 it's a little too intimate maybe, or something like that without yes. having to say, it feels like love. Cause it's just, that's cheesy, way too cheesy so, yeah. for Burton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And in that context, he would have said it, it can create a false sense of intimacy. There you go. 
Yeah, that would have worked go. a lot better. <laughs> and and it wouldn't have implied like that he had like a thing. gay romance with his uh, fellow Marine Corps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm completely fine with that implication. No, of and course. So like, it's, it's fine. So every single fan fiction What he said about that and what he says about memories and personality bleeding through, does that mean like if you add dumb people to the to the link, like does the whole squad get dumber? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're only as smart as your weakest link, right? <laughs> <laughs> all, all like averaged out, right? <laughs> yeah, I, does, I think so. <laughs> That might explain that dumbass that was waving a flint as digging, digging, <laughs> digging holes for corpses. Um, too much drift, man. Not <laughs> too far. <laughs> but I do think it is really good that they showed us the technology in 2032 first, and yeah. they showed us how evolved it is in 2099. That and does the, work. Yeah, the through link for that tech is is quite nice. Like, uh, and how easy it seems to be in the future and how difficult and uh, cumbersome these implants seems to be for Burton uh, in the, like, clearly they're the reason he's taking painkillers, right? In right. The present. Yeah. And even Corbell at one point says that they really fucked him up. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and like, uh, his implants, like, clearly is massive. Like, it goes all over his spinal cord and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Not Whereas really. the ones in the future just seem to be a tiny chip in your neck. Right. But it also it also like is is related to the peripheral technology in some way. Like that the whole like consciousness drifting. Yeah. And I think that this leads into the bleed through effect that Flynn is having. I think that might be similar to this haptic drift that uh Burton is talking about. Like yeah, it's a maybe. similar phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> As we approach the midpoint of the season, do you think there will be a situation where, like, past Flynn, like, goes into a coma, but the Flynn's Flynn's mind or consciousness is still in the peripheral in the future, like, yeah. being stuck in the future? I can see that. I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I, I'm very like I'm. It really tickles my Im- imagination, uh, this line, even though I think it is, I agree, like, he wouldn't have said love. Uh, <laughs> I like, don't get me wrong, I like the scene, and I like the metaphor, and I like what they're yeah. going for. I just hate that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it does lead to a lot of um, wild imagination tensions, <laughs> like, I just outline <laughs> <laughs> but it does explain the cohesion of that unit. Like and also how, explains why, they why they're it. all so loyal to Flynn. Yeah. yeah. It all makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um and he will Oh, I don't that? know if the I don't know if the audience says that hears that or not. That's is the sound of thunder. So I think we're getting a storm over here. <laughs> wow. That was really loud. Yeah, it, it is super loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's still going. Like it hasn't stopped yet. Like <laughs> you never know. This could be one of those podcasts where like the the hosts are talking about, "Wow, do you hear that? That's really crazy." And then like the audience is like, "What? What? I don't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. What are they talking about?" <laughs> well, use your imagination. That was very loud thunder. Maybe it is one of those industrial strength marine orgies I was describing. <laughs> <laughs> They've arrived. <laughs> Uh, we can't have our first like multi podcast in joke be something so fancy. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it's organic, man. It just goes where it goes. You, you gotta let it. You gotta let it go. <laughs> true. Um. Okay. Uh. This scene where Burton is teasing Connor. I, I fucking thought, love that. <laughs> I think I loved it too. I loved it because, especially because they had a little tension in the beginning of the scene, where like, which way is Connor gonna fall? Like, and then they know? totally deflate it, and it's it's yeah. totally natural, and it's like yeah. how buddies talk. It's great. Yeah. I really, really dig it. Yeah. And I understand why Connor is like, don't help me because like people uh, with different uh, uh, capabilities have that attitude sometimes, understandably. They don't want to be seen as a burden or somebody who requires help. But at the same time, the machine's stuck. <laughs> yeah. And he can't really do much about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 A burden just end up kicking it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the line. I would I would give it a knob and a leg for your Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, you got a leg up on all of us. <laughs> I like his little. I like his little uh, uh, segue thing. I do like it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Corbell wears a cross around his neck. He wrote, "Yeah, I, I, just I noticed that, that was it. nice." He's <laughs> not religious, so he's clearly no, just all. commemorating the time he killed all those people. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, and uh, we didn't even talk about the Jon Snow riddle. That's how they found Alita's thing. Uh, where Snow last fell. Just like you, I first when they said Jon Snow, I first thought, Game of Thrones? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought the newsreader, because there's a British newsreader named Jon Snow. I didn't know I, that. I didn't know about this Jon Snow. I had heard of him before, but it was cholera. like buried in my memory. Like, I was... It's like it's not the first thing that would have crossed my mind at all. Like, yeah, right. Jon Snow, he fell a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that it's hard heroes and uh, he cured cholera, cholera, which makes sense. Yeah, and she cured a bunch of the fungi thing just makes me lean more on my theory that she's trying to save the stub. Oh, I completely agree with that. I, I'm pretty much 100 percent sure. Yeah, that that is correct. Uh, yeah, but also so... like. Uh, she referenced another painting about uh, the Battle of Hastings where Harold fell, like where King Harold fell. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Normandy invasion yeah. and all that. I was trying to think in my brain if there was any kind of connection between that and what's going on in the show, and I couldn't come up with one. So, No, yeah. I don't think so. No, I don't think I so mean... either. It's a stretch. Yeah. But that's what I do. I like to stretch. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do we want to talk about the next time off? Yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and get to it. They said the trauma left a mark. Yeah, Daniel, when he was uh, when he was like torturing her with the sonic gun. Yeah, he's like, you know, the trauma it leaves a mark. And then yeah. in the next time on, you see that her eye is all messed up in the past, like in the twenty thirty two. Like she's got her eyes all like red and swollen. Yeah, like she got fucked up by what yeah. happened to her. In the and obviously at the end of the episode, she looked pretty fucked up too. So yeah. that's all I meant by that. And then again, yeah. we see Daniel, Cyber Daniel. <laughs> I wonder if it is just Cherise uh, assuaging her guilt Could by be. making it Daniel Coyd. <laughs> Maybe she's always had one and she always had like the hots for him and it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the coins are anatomically correct. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with humans and new technology, whatever new technology, they will uh, try to attempt to fuck it in some way. <laughs> of course, that's what technology is for, right? <laughs> oh, they will try to apply it to fucking in some way. <laughs> um, uh, what CG monstrosity you're talking about? You say you're worried about the CG monstrosity. I don't well, remember. 
there is like a they seen where they're talking about this is what the jackpot is or oh! this is what's coming to my time or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah yeah and it just yeah. looks like a it just looks like a cgi mess but like it was so yeah. brief that i couldn't yeah. really get like key in on it like really get like good look at it and i didn't like slow it down or anything so yeah. it might not be as bad as it kind of looked just a at a blink but it looked like bad cg to me so i was yeah, a little worried no, about it that. didn't look great it didn't yeah. look great yeah um, and like we mentioned before, Connor seems to be screaming in a peripheral. Yeah, oh, in seems, a, a headset. In yeah. a headset. Yeah, he seems really yeah. upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not having a great time. <laughs> uh, maybe he's already working for Alita. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's the reveal that's coming. Um, yeah, maybe he's do... actually already had a headset. Like, yeah, maybe that's this isn't looking. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe that's how he knew to show up that night. And maybe we've already seen him in the future. Oh, I don't know. He's left. He's left. He's left. <laughs> <laughs> no, they they act completely differently. He's left. Uh, he's left. He's, left. <laughs> he's in my head. <laughs> God damn it! I'm the one usually bring out weird songs. Um, I do have a friend who's seen the entire show and listening to the podcast, and he said he's laughing at us a lot and our predictions. Well, which... that's fun. That's what we. That's what yeah. we're here for. Yeah, dear <laughs> listeners, that's the service we provide. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I think we're just gonna call it here because uh, I want to go watch the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, Amazon's not down. Oh, <laughs> hopefully, Prime is up right now. Um, I want to tell you guys a, that is not a Transformer joke. <laughs> <laughs> Prime is down. There's a se- sequel to Olympus is down. Uh, it's a crossover with Transformer Universe. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't watch that. I would watch it. I would 100% watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to tell you guys to go and rate us five stars in the podcast app of your choice. It really helped with discovery, discoverability. Oh, God. A second one I can't say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you guys have any questions, any comments, insults, want us to stop making awful jokes, write it into the streaming heap at outlook.com. I can already tell you the answer is no. Yeah, the answer is <laughs> no, but I, you know, it's worth asking. Yeah. We'll take it under <laughs> advisement. Yeah. I am at Flaming Eyebrows on Twitter, Eric McGill. I don't want you to go to my Twitter because I don't like checking Twitter. But, but you can find me on YouTube at The Unapologetic Geek. It's the same thing on Twitter. Just go find him. Send him a lot, bunch of weird <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, this has been The Streaming Heat, and I have been Lynn. And I have been Eric, and life is but a stream. Goodbye. Bye. Peripheral, 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 peripheral,